aka SNES drunk and once again you're stuck with me Travis is off again uh he has some like actual you know important stuff to do good for him everything's fine his, he's fine his family's fine all that sort of stuff so nothing uh nothing bad certainly but um you guys are left with me to flail around and uh stum as I stumble around and try and figure out what the heck I'm doing I'm still new to this podcast thing and I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. We did get another, uh, f- a couple follow-up emails uh, in response to last week. We got another email from William who asked about um, how to help us out, and he we responded to him. He responded to us saying, I'll definitely do anything I can to help you guys grow. I love the YouTube channels and podcasts. Just know my car rides on Fridays are much more relaxed now because of you guys. And he says, on a side note, my wife Randy was never into video games ever. I actually got her into listening to SNES Drunk, and she actually enjoys it. What's with that? (laughs) What does it take to get a (laughs) shout-out? It's really no big deal. Just throwing it out there. She wants me to help you guys through a Patreon bit, if that's possible. Uh, Have a great day, William. Yeah, I'll have to um, throw in some kind of, like, super awkward thing, like... uh, You know this this character is acting like he's a he's a his name is William he's a Navy veteran f- with a wife named Randy or you know something like that <laughs> something ridiculous like that um, yeah I'll 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 try something I'll I'll work on it we got another email from Grant and this is a familiar name that's what's really cool about this uh, whole YouTube channel thing is I really get to these names uh, become familiar to me as I see them. And he writes to us saying, hey, guys, great job on the podcast. So the wrestling episode was really fun to listen to on my drive. I don't care about wrestling in the slightest, but a bunch of my friends do. So it reminded me of that. I remember Bam Bam Bigelow had green stripes in one of the NES games. The Legion of Doom. And he puts a parenthetical from a hat I had. And wondering why Hulk Hogan ripped his shirts. That's actually a good observation there. It's like, man, that guy goes through a lot of shirts. So my t- and he continues. So my totally throwaway suggestion is to talk about monster trucks, a topic I care equally as little about, but lump with professional wrestling mentality or mentally. I know there's a Bigfoot NES game that I've never played, and there's lots of Grave Digger toys. It's a cool paint job. I'm sure you guys have lots of other quote uh, parenthetical better topics to talk about, but that's just my two cents. Keep up the great work, GG. So I don't know anything about, um, like, anything about um, monster trucks at all. I remember uh, my childhood friend Dustin was really into Bigfoot, the monster truck, and um, my other childhood friend Dan, his dad would take him and his brothers to the Metrodome to see Gravedigger and all those those trucks. It was like, you know, those commercials that come on, and it's that, that it's always that same voice, that, like, super deep voice that's, like, Kids get in free if adults pay 10 bucks. T-shirts only 15 bucks. You know, it's just, 
It sounds ridiculous. I never went to that stuff. I just never got into it. I don't know. I'm, I was never a car guy. I was never a monster truck guy. So I don't know anything. So that, that means it's perfect to talk about. So maybe we'll tackle that subject. But um, thank you for that, Grant. Um, yeah, if you ever got, if anybody out there ever wants to write to the Drunk Fred podcast, please do write us at uh, drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. And who knows? Maybe we'll read your stuff on air. Actually, on air. I don't know why I said that. What was that? I'm not ready to segue yet. What the hell's going on? Where's this music coming from? Come on, this is ridiculous. I don't know what... This music is just popping into my feed somehow. It's getting around my security and my firewall and... What? Somebody's Hello. there. Hello? Whoa. Who, where, who's where this? What is this? What happened? Who am I talking to right now? I'm Kular. I I hear that song. It sounds very familiar to me. For some reason. Oh. This Wait. is Kular. Yeah, oh my god. Okay. Get that one. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. What the hell's happening? Okay. I got it. Yeah. All right. What's up? All right. What's up, man? My name uh, is Coolor. <laughs> your name is Coolor. Yes. And you're you're the fellow that was nice enough to lend us your music. Not, I shouldn't say lend, well. but we, <laughs> but we we made an agreement that you would uh, use your music. It's called Electric Star Bounce to introduce and uh, play the outro to our podcast. A lot of people like it, and I personally, when I first heard it, I was like, "This is perfect. Like this is like happy, bouncy." Is there anything about that particular track you can talk about or? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah. That track in particular was, uh, it was really fun to make. Usually, so for me, unfortunately, sometimes the process of making music is not always the most fun thing in the world. And uh, that was one of the few times where I just like cranked through the entire song and just had a lot of fun doing the entire thing. Uh, It was also the first time I ever like fully produced a track for the Commodore 64 sound chip which is like my number one favorite sound chip of all time so (laughs) uh, I had a lot of fun making that track Um, it's it's actually it's it's kind of funny because I was still very much a novice at like it the the Commodore 64 has a really expansive but really weird sound chip Um, Hmm. and trying to use the editor for it it uh like it's pretty easy to get lost in it it's very it's a very technical kind of editor and i didn't know how to make notes stop uh so instead they would just resonate and keep going yeah, yeah so what i did instead of putting like normally i would just tell a note to you know, shut up and stop playing. Uh, <laughs> right. What I did for that song is instead I would just put other sound effects in the same sound channel and they would just cut off the note. So you can actually oh. hear all the little like weird little kind of sounds. Those actually cut off the notes so they don't ring on for too long. So you that was necessary in order to like, otherwise everything would just be a huge mess. Yeah, it was, it was necessary <laughs> at the time because I had no idea what I was doing. But. Yeah. So could you, like, what's the solution to that? Do you make a sound effect that's nothing but silence to stop it? Uh, I mean, I 
I guess you could. So, well, <laughs> that would be my solution. <laughs> so there's actually there's no like technical reason why you can't stop a note. I just didn't know how to do it. Like later, oh, okay. later I figured out how to do it, and I was like, oh, it's obvious. But <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. At the time, I like the track a lot because I don't know if you're familiar with the game B fifty two. B spelled B E E. I love B fifty two. Yeah, the NES. It reminds me of that game, and that game has some of the mu- craziest music I've ever heard in any video game. Anybody out there listening, go check out B fifty two soundtrack. B is in the insect. B. Yeah, and B fifty two is actually like probably my favorite unlicensed game. Like I, I love that game. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a Codemasters game. So and it's co- p- published by Comerica. So it's unlicensed. It's on Commodore sixty four too. I didn't even. I actually didn't know that. I just looked it up right now. And it is. On. Yeah. Uh, it's C64. A, it's a little bit different, the uh, C64 version. It actually, so like if you're familiar at all with the game, it uh, like the NES one starts you off kind of in a backyard and then later on you go into like this kind of pond area. The C64 one actually starts you off in the pond. And it's also way harder. Like I haven't been able to actually get farther than that in the C64 one. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually am not familiar with the game. I just know the music. Ah. Like that's that's how like huge the soundtrack has been for me for the past several years. There are certain games like that for some reason that are like I think of the music first before I think of like Waterworld for Super Nintendo is like that too. I, I don't even know what that game plays like, but I I love that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, there are certain games like that that just stand out. So how did you first get into creating music uh, via <laughs> sound chip the way that you do? Well, um, basically, I'm a gigantic nerd and (laughs) have always, for whatever reason, wanted to make music on, like, the NES. Uh, Oh. And so the way it started, I I started writing music when I was, like, 14, 13, somewhere around there. Um, Yeah. And that was kind of... There, there were ways to make like eight bit music back then, but they were really you, you couldn't really find them very easily. Um, so when you were that age, it would have been like late nineties. Oh, that would have been uh, early two thousands. Early two thousands. Yeah. So we're talking, we're talking Cool Edit. We're talking uh, Fruity Loops. Yeah, actually, Fruity Loops was pretty cutting edge. I didn't even have that. Uh, what I had was a program called Anvil Studio. And what that is, is it's a... That rings a bell. You can actually, you can still get it. It's like a free MIDI editor that, uh, it's just super like Windows 98 style, like really basic looking. But uh, <laughs> Was it shareware? Uh, or freeware? It's like, I, I think it's freeware, but they have like a bunch of plugins that you have to buy if you want to uh, do like yeah. expensive stuff with it. But I, I never, you know, you don't really need to buy them to make MIDIs. Yeah. Uh, Do you by chance remember Hammerhead from back then? Hammerhead. It was, That's it was a free drum machine, and it was like the cheapest, crappiest no, drum machine ever. That doesn't ring a bell. It was, it was so bad. And I, you know, I wanted to. I played guitar, and I wanted to be like in a metal band, but nobody I knew ever knew how to play drums. So I, tr- I play, I programmed drums on this thing, and it just sounded so pathetic and just so bad. nice. So yeah, yeah, it's like the most like Windows ninety eight thing ever. It's it's just super cheap. It's super easy to use. It only goes like <laughs> two measures. Like it's just pathetic. But but yeah. yeah. So you you got you glommed onto like some of the early programs from then. Yeah. And so, you just kept learning. Yeah. So back then, I mean, it was basically I 
I was able to make midis and that was it. Uh, so mm. midis, a lot of people aren't really aware of what a midi is exactly. And basically what it is, is it's just, a, it's kind of an open, like, how to explain it? It's kind of like a, just a collection of notes and then a collection of like, generally what kind of instrument you want those notes to go to. Like, for example, you might have one track that's like a piano track and one track that's like a guitar track, but it doesn't actually say anything about what the piano or the guitar sound like. Uh, so you can pass a MIDI to any number of different things. And then, you know, if that thing can play back a MIDI, it'll have its own piano or guitar sounds that it'll use to play those tracks. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So, so it doesn't matter what kind of sounds you already have on your computer. It's just going to trigger what you have. Or I should say it's it, it doesn't matter what you record them with or what you write them with. Yeah. Yeah. Depending exactly. on who you send the, the file to, it's going to use whatever is native to that. Yeah. Uh, whatever is on your computer. I did not know that. I learned something today. That's yeah. really cool. And back then, um, yeah, basically... There was like I, I was just making midis with whatever like there's I think there's like 128 different instruments you can pick from in the MIDI standard. Um, yeah, that's and one of those instruments was called lead eight bass plus lead. And on my computer at the time, it was kind of not really, but very vaguely kind of like a square wave type of NES type of sound. Hmm. Uh, so what I did was in my desire to make chip tunes. I would create midis using only that instrument and like drums <laughs> and then call them like Atari songs. And that was, <laughs> that was my foray into chiptunes, I guess. Um, right on. I did that for a couple of years, I think actually, before I discovered, I, I want to say about 2006, I discovered a uh, tracker, which is in case anybody listening is not aware, a tracker is basically a program that it, it, it's kind of like a it's kind of like Microsoft Excel but you make music with it so it's mm -hmm. it's like a list of notes that it goes down and you just have to fill out that list and that's how you right. make music um, right. and I, I discovered one of these programs for an actual Atari computer uh, it's it's actually the Atari 8-bit computers from like the early 80s sure uh, they had a sound chip called the pokey and um, I you know, trackers are not made to be user friendly. They're made yeah, to be like. I was just like, gonna say user friendly. <laughs> yeah, they're made to be like powerful. And uh, right. One day, when I was I was still in high school at the time, I uh, I think I was in my computer science class and I, like already did my assignment. I was just sitting around for almost two hours, completely bored. So I just sat down with the tracker and figured out how to make it make sound, and that was kind of where I started. Uh, Sweet. Know, after that, discovered Famitracker, which is the, uh, it's a very yes. popular program for making NES music. Right. Uh, yeah, went from there. What was the first, uh, or I should say, who was the first uh, artist that you discovered that was making this kind of music just for fun oh, back in the yeah. day? So, yeah, um, it was back then, man, that was, that was like 2000. I want to say about 2004, I really discovered chiptunes. And I, it was a complete accident how I discovered them because I I wandered onto some C64 Fanatics website <laughs> and he was saying something like how, uh, 
you know, Nintendo music is so dumb. Us C64 guys, <laughs> we had the real music. Just listen yeah. to these Rob Hubbard tunes. They're so much better. And I was like, okay, that, that sounds fake, but okay, let's see. And uh, it turns out Rob Hubbard actually on the C64, like he was kind of a monster. He was really good at uh, yeah. making tunes. And uh, I got really hooked on listening to these, you know, old... 1980s era Rob Hubbard C64 type of music and that was when I discovered uh, a bunch of other people from way back in the day Martin Galway uh, Tim Fallon of course yeah Tim uh, Fallon's a big one yeah uh, Ben Daglish and uh, so for a while I was pretty much just listening to C64 game music from back in the day Damn. and um, that was like it was through that that I discovered the NES chiptune scene at the time which was very basic because like Famitracker didn't even exist uh, when I first started getting into this stuff. I think the first version of Famitracker that I used was like version 0.2 <laughs> which is ancient basically. Yeah, um, that's that's pretty primitive. Yeah. It, it didn't start existing until I want to say 2005 or 6 maybe but um, back then when I first started listening to chiptunes, the only way to make music was with an old DOS program called Nerd Tracker 2. And uh, there were a handful of people that were putting out tunes, um, including uh, Memblers, uh, who I think is still around making music. Like, I think he's in Japan. Um, actually, he might have some songs in, uh, what is that NES homebrew game, Kira Kira Star Knight? I think he's doing. I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with that. It's huh. it's a really cool game. Uh, if you look up the deluxe version, it's got a lot of really cool like parallax scrolling. Oh dang. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely check it out. I've never even heard of that. But one of the other well, ones. Well. Uh, yeah. Of, go ahead. One of the other ones that I had discovered uh, back in the day was Chibi Tech, and uh, she is kind of the like master of NES music. Like she's been pumping out impossible songs on the nes since the name rings a bell yeah uh i think i'm pretty sure you've linked it before her big gimmick back then was uh and probably still these days uh was making the nes sing so like just using the uh synthesizer channels on the nes she'd like make you know as convincing of lyrics as you could hope for from the nes wow. like it's pretty incredible uh but she had this uh she had this cover of uh like it was like the title to a porn game called Miko Miko Nurse. And uh, there was like a flash. Nurse, of course. Yeah, yeah. There was like a there was like a flash movie that was popular at the time. Well, you know, I, I don't actually know if it was popular, but it was it was like this just mashup of early 2000s Photoshop plus Miko Miko Nurse. So yeah. I had I had actually like I was aware of the song. And then when I heard the NES cover, it just blew my mind. I was like you can make this thing sing what so yeah yeah that's that's really crazy yeah the, the nes of all things yeah that's, that's yeah. nuts so the the way people can reach your music uh including the uh song that you hear in the podcast is through cooler.bandcamp.com yes uh your your latest collection or album i should say is nebs and debs yes and so tell us a little about a little about that and what um, so, went into that. Yeah, Nebs and Debs uh, is one of, or the latest in 
a, uh, a a number of NES homebrew games that I've done the score for. Um, it was a really great project, uh, really cool game by uh, Chris. Oh God, I'm gonna butcher his last name, Chris Kakiotor. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at his name now, and I'm like, <laughs> Kak- yeah, yeah Sassiator, Kakiotor. It's C A C C I A. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Uh, But um, yeah, it's a really cool game. It was made for the Nest Dev. Uh, They do kind of a yearly competition. And um, they, uh, I I think, yeah, Nebs and Debs got second place in the one that we entered. It was like the 2018 one, I think. Might have been 2019. Mm. I can't remember. Um, But yeah, the the cool thing about... uh, that game and all of the other games made for this Nest Dev competition is it actually is uh, baseline NES specs. So mm. uh, if you know anything about like NES hardware, uh, the baseline system is actually not really capable of very much, to be honest. Like, uh, that's what I've read. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and by by red, I mean based on what like you and uh, our other Discord mod, Lewis. Yeah. Is it Lewis or Louis? It's Lewis. It's Lewis. Okay. Um, yeah. Based on what you guys have said, it seems like there's a lot. <laughs> the NES is extremely limited. It's it's in that it's very very limited. Um, yeah. The uh, most games used some form of expansion chip. Um, but the uh, the NES dev compo, they uh, like all of the games made for that aren't allowed to use expansion chips. So it's baseline NES. Um, sure. So um, you know we were kind of trying to squeeze the absolute best like graphics and sound and gameplay out of what is essentially the same hardware configuration as uh, Super Mario Brothers, like the original was running. Right. And. Um, yeah, working on a project like that. Uh, I mean, Chris basically reached out to me because um, I... Ha- yeah, I'm curious. Does he give you any direction? Or does he tell you, like, what kind of mood do you play the game beforehand? Or how does that work? Yeah, it really, it kind of depends. Like, um, he reached out to me when, uh, like, he had heard years and years before that I scored a game called Alter Ego. And... Hmm. Um, it seems like most people know me from scoring that game, and uh, that's okay. how most people reach out to me to score other games. Uh, but he had heard that one and said, hey, do you want to score this game? And I was like, sure. And um, originally, man, I, I honestly can't remember how it how that project started, because I think, I think he already had a playable alpha with like a level, and it just didn't have music. And... I mean, basically what I did was I sketched out something that was like, you know, mm-hmm. a couple seconds long and I sent it over and I was like, what do you think of this? And he was like, yeah, let's keep going with it and uh, fleshed it out. And that ended That's up really cool. That ended up kind of being the uh, like the level one theme. Um, yeah. But the interesting thing. So uh, for a game like that, you have a lot of constraints. And uh, in particular, I, I want to say the entire game code and uh, all of the maps and uh, pretty much everything that's not the graphics, including the sound effects and the music, has to fit in 32 kilobytes on the cartridge. Um, right, yeah, because 
there's like a, a narrow pathway or something like that or how does that work exactly it's yeah so it's some sort of nes limitation that i know of yeah i mean it's like one of the few technical things that i know about it's the NES. it's basically the uh the way that it's wired up like the the cpu that the nes uses is the uh, 6502 it's a uh, 8-bit processor with a uh, 16-bit address bus which basically means it can look at up to 64 kilobytes yeah. at a time yeah. but on the nes a number of those kilobytes have to be kind of like pushed away for other things like uh you have to have your system ram which is two kilobytes you have to have a number of like hardware registers which are basically just special areas in memory that let you control certain things like putting sprites on the screen or uh you know, changing the way that sounds are being produced or things like that. And just the way that they wired it up, uh, by default, I believe the NES can only look at uh, 32 kilobytes in a cartridge. Um, So the way that they made cartridges bigger than that was they put in expansion chips. They, um, and those those expansion chips would let you uh, basically swap out which 32 kilobytes we're being looked at um, at a time. Now, I might I, right. So it's it, it's not loading everything all in the same thing. It's it, all at once. It's only loading a certain amount when it's needed, basically. Yeah, Does yeah. That bas- sound right. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. But with with just an original NES cartridge with no expansion chips, you're only looking at that mm-hmm. single 32 kilobytes. So that's your lot. So I, I'm not an NES developer so i might be completely off base uh actually so um but so most of the game like most of the uh that 32 kilobytes that is the entire cartridge uh is used up by the code that the game needs to run and the uh like uh just other aspects of it like the levels uh things like that so at the end of the day, I was only given something like seven kilobytes to make the entire soundtrack. And, um, yeah, trying to... Just seven? Just seven kilobytes. Jeez. So there were a lot of things like... We had a lot of ideas. Ah, what is that sound? What the hell's happening? Oh, God. Are you... No, no, what, what is that? We had a lot of ideas, but we I don't understand. Wait. What's, what's happening? No! No! What's happening? Jerry Seinfeld voice! I don't know what's happening! I'm feeling really insecure, so I had to bring my girlfriend Pearl in to talk me down. Alright, is everything gonna be okay? I need somebody to tell me it's gonna be okay. Probably not. <laughs> well, that's that's very reassuring. Thank you. Um, so you have been playing. Listen, okay. I need to explain something to the audience. You, Final Fantasy VII is your favorite thing. Period. You are you're nodding, and now you're shaking your head. No, <laughs> I'm not that much of a nerd. I have plenty of favorite things. No, no. Final. I'm going on the record and saying Final Fantasy VII is your favorite thing. It is one of my favorite okay. things. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. Yes. Um. So. So what do you? What are your thoughts on the remake? Because you grew up with the original, 
and a lot of people are upset about certain stuff about the remake. You know, the nitpickers and the the well actually police and all those people. What 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 do you like best about it and what would you like to improve about it? Well, actually, I am one of those people, so it's terrible. But at the same time, I'm fairly diplomatic. So it's conflicted but positive. That's, that's good. Yeah. I, 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 I ask myself one question when playing video games. Am I having fun? Do I look forward to playing it? And so playing this game, yes, I do. Um, is it exactly like the original? Absolutely not. Not. I get vague senses of the nostalgia factor. And maybe that's because... A viewpoint. When you play the original, you really do have that overhead view. Oh, you get locked into certain viewpoints where it's you get nostalgic for like, you know, it's it, they're, they're like map paintings in the background. Exactly. Yeah. So when you're playing the original, and that's, that's not here at all. Yeah, you you're you're kind of doing more of you're, a you're in the third map. person. So everything looks smaller. You're seeing <laughs> your immediate surroundings versus this. Um, landscape you're in the matte paintings right right so i i really i enjoy that but it still doesn't it's it's very different from playing the original um and when i played the original i was around 11 or 12 years old and it was my first rpg so i really didn't have anything to measure it with um, I was used to Mario Brothers and SNES games at the time, so it was really different to have kind of a movie. Extra innings. <laughs> Extra innings. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a special case when I played <laughs> Extra Innings with my older brother. I still look. I have that cartridge right back here. We can I, play it anytime you want. <laughs> I did give Alex um, the the actual extra innings was a baseball game, kind of cartoonish, but you were able to um, name your players. And <laughs> when you're an elementary school kid, dirty names are the absolute most hilarious type of comedy you can possibly. Hey, when the bases are loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning and shit is coming to bat. <laughs> oh, shit was classic. That was, you wanted that man. <laughs> so you're able to alter the stats. You're able to um, choose your players and bench your players. So I remember lending that game to a friend of mine, my best friend at the time when I was in middle school, and she would complain to me that your your team that you guys created is the <laughs> only team worth playing, but I can't play this team in front of my mom. If <laughs> <laughs> she walks in and sees some of the names of the players, she's going to turn it off, and it was really terrible. Alex uh, just recently cleaned it out and um, booted it up. 
I can't say some of the names on this podcast, <laughs> otherwise I would have to name it as explicit. The worst we can do is shit. <laughs> that's, that's what we can that's do. That's the worst we can do. We had even ones that were specifically creatively disgusting. It was yes. terrible. It was pretty bad. <laughs> and then, I don't remember. All I remember is when me and my brother were naming the team, we kept thinking of ideas, and he'd enter it in, and we'd almost pee our pants laughing because <laughs> of how inappropriate and filthy it was. And now it's just offensive. You're old. You're tired. <laughs> you see the... They don't make any sense. They're not that funny, but... Don't let this dissuade you from thinking Extra Innings is a bad game and that you need colorful names to make Extra Innings a good you game. You do. You do. No, you don't. You extra Innings do. is a really good game. It's a good baseball game. <laughs> Give them filthy names. <laughs> That's my advice. Oh, okay. Well, we got off track. Yeah. What do you want to change? What What do you wish was different about Final Fantasy Remake? What's What's your um, biggest nitpick? My biggest nitpick? That's hard to say because I'm still in the middle of it. It takes a while. I am probably two-thirds done with it. I've been kind of portioning it out because I've waited so many years and everybody else who's waited the same amount of time can can say it was painful and ridiculous and once they announced a vague release date that we didn't believe them and sure enough they delayed it a month <laughs> yeah just to fuck with you <laughs> just to mess with you yeah they're um i think i think the music and i think that's a good thing cuz it's not one of the most um you're used to that, what is it, 16-bit? No, in, in the case of PlayStation, it wouldn't have been any bit. It would have been just an arrangement. Uh, it would have been just CD music. But no, it would have been in the original music. Right. They get a little too creative because they have, I think, a mix of every theme. They have um, at least like three mixes of every, like Tifa's theme, Eris theme, Cloud's right. theme. Right. Yeah. And it takes you out because you're used to these more simplistic melodies. Yeah. And so they, they make them a bit more complex. And the music is really what made the game. And uh, you're going to get tons of, well, actually, it has nothing <laughs> to do with the music. And I somewhat agree, but it was a big part. So I think when you get music that's a little bit more um or that's closer to the original you can feel that nostalgia as you're playing mm. but um a lot of the songs are changed a lot of the music is different but it's charming in its own way so i think when they announced it and they said or at least the um original writers and directors and producers said this is going to be different they really didn't mean it so you 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 are going through the same storyline um one of the big biggest complaints is that there's a lot of filler and i think that is kind of the theme with um well filler some people see it as filler other people see it as fan service i would think right no when i talk about filler i'm talking about you're talking quests. about typical rpg filler no, no. I would say RPG fillers, random battles, and... See, I would bring up fixing the bridge in Lufia, but <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. Going but... back and forth, do you mean, like, yeah, just backtracking? Like fetch quests, yeah. Fetch quests, yeah. That is a that is what big you're talking about? filler in... In this game? 
yeah, Final Fantasy VII. They, okay. You, you're, you're going to spend 10 hours so you can, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the kids are missing. Look around town. So it's not a terrible thing. It makes you explore things. It kind of guides you through the storyline. Um, another, maybe, I think a big complaint is that um, when you see some of the side characters, not even side characters, but just regular NPCs, they don't quite look like the main characters. <laughs> you have pointed I, this out many times. So you're, you're talking to a random quest character, a random <laughs> character that's going to give you a quest, and they look like a regular person, which is not like your characters your characters are a really great merge of the original anime style and then you have the um realistic viewpoint of how can we give these cartoon characters regular proportions and they did really well i think i really do like the character designs i know there's 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 can I say this? Everybody hates it. Don't add gate to everything. It's just a damn hotel. But <laughs> Tifa gate or boob gate. Uh, um, You're going to talk about Tifa's boobs? Oh, uh, everyone did back when she was released. So yeah. they really are great. They're proportional. They're uh -huh. wonderful. They're big. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, to give you a little bit of SNES drunk in his um, human form, uh, we were drinking, and I was playing. Uh, what are you going into? I'm just kidding. You can edit. <laughs> we're not doing this live. Do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> so um, maybe this is for your five female viewers. Out of a hundred, your five percent female audience, your two oh, percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking about Tifa and Aerith. Oh yeah, yeah. And so as a kid, I didn't have access That's to the internet. Yeah. yeah, and I I really wanted to point this out, so I want them. I want him to include this into his podcast. But um, I was talking about how as a young girl. 11 you're looking for female role models and so my first rpg where you get female characters who aren't badasses but also you know aren't you know princess peach um <laughs> so i i really it really had an impact on me especially because you had two um great heroines for final fantasy 7 and that really did yeah that's really rare you have Tifa, which is a martial artist, yet she's shy and demure. Yeah. And then you have Aerith, which you can call maybe your typical princess-like character. She has a heritage that's mystical. Um, she's magic. She's really weak physically. And then you have the opposite with Tifa, where she's stronger physically. But her personality is demure, and Eris' personality is straightforward and flirtatious. And I, I love them both. They made such a great you love impact. Tifa more. I do, I do. I did, <laughs> I did love Tifa more. And if it's just the combat style that was really novel and fun for me, or um, 
her whole characterization in general, her whole storyline is what really drew me to her. But I, it, Alex always teases me when I'm playing the game and he asks me, oh yeah, Aerith, are you really pissed off right now? I didn't know that was a thing until I was in my 20s and on the internet and realized, hey, if you want to learn more about Tifa, you're going to figure out how much people hate Aerith, and if you want to know more about Aerith, (laughs) and it's it's all shipping, and I'm sure your fans are familiar with shipping, but it really is the most toxic nature of a game that tries to be a little bit complex when it comes to romance. So, I wanted to mention the fact that it really is great that you have these diverse female characters you even have yuffie which is kind of a, a yeah. more juvenile yeah. fun light-hearted character right um they're all attracted to clyde 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 <laughs> clyde's right here i'm attracted to clyde the are you attracted to clyde audience is attracted to clyde no cloud we occasionally claw, uh, call him Cloud, but... <laughs> Only because he responds to Cloud. <laughs> he is, does. And really Floyd. Funny. And Floyd. Floyd so, yeah, I, I really... Uh, and I, I, I did... I want you to include this. So I'm playing Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Alex is teasing me, comes in. He's like, you got to admit, Aerith is cute. Of course she's cute. She's... What did I, say? I don't even remember doing Yeah, that. you had like five whiskeys. Was... <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, of course, she's freaking adorable. That's her character. She has an amazing voice actress. I'm playing, yes, I am kind of a weeb. And I'm playing the... Japanese version. Yeah, the Japanese version. Because I just don't think that their body language doesn't match the English voice actors. And I think the the English voice actors did a great job. I I really like them, especially in the promos, but it's still a bit off. Mm. So Alex comes in. He tells me, you got to admit, Aerith is cute. And I'm just looking at him like, I don't have a problem with her. (laughs) I'm not like that. I remember one of my favorite things as a kid was Love Triangle. I didn't like just... Two characters. No way. One of the best points is leaving. And if you have any Final Fantasy VII fans, if you leave with um, the two girls in your party from Calm right after you leave Midgar, um, Barrett comes up to you. He looks at you. He looks at the two girls, <laughs> and he says, <laughs> he says something at- along the lines like typical (laughs) because i take them with me and i always did until big spoiler she died which was terrible oh my gosh you just (laughs) spoiled the game for everybody oh gosh they've changed things if she dies again wait a second don't don't spoil it don't spoil it we gotta get to speaking of the actually voice we need to okay so transition good transition here Okay, so a lot of people really enjoyed the fact that I did a certain voice on a video. What the hell was the video? Something about hardest Super Nintendo games that aren't that hard. And as part of the introduction of that video, I said something like, yeah, it's uh, there. you're always going to have these people that 
are going to be like, well, actually, I put 3,000 hours into Hagane, and it's a simple matter of putting the practice in. And it's like people really enjoyed that voice, and I got a bunch of comments saying, like, yeah, I know somebody that sounds like that. Guess what? I stole that voice from Pearl, (laughs) and she's the one. But you get that voice from the Simpsons character. We, I remember we were talking one morning about it and we were hashing it out. We were trying to figure it out. Was it from Conan O'Brien? No. Was it from Futurama? No. And it turns out it was from the Simpsons. And it's the guy with, it, he's like talking about calculus classes or something <laughs> like that. And he kind of has a voice like this. And so that I think that's where she got it from. And so, she, but I, but she took it to another level to a, like a Conan O'Brien style level. So we thought it would be fun to take certain comments. These are real, actual comments from the SNES Drunk channel <laughs> that I took to, that we can read in the Well Actually voice. Go ahead. Comment number one. Well, actually, the Quintet games are... Axe-Razor, Axe-Razor 2, Soulblazer, Illusions of Gaia. Though this is debated as a game was made as a collaboration with Square, and they heavily influenced it. And finally, Terran and Gima, and their stories are, there are stories are interrelated, but in a Souls-esque twist. You have to read between the lines to find those connections. Yeah, that's a real comment I got that someone thought that every quintet game ever (laughs) was related somehow in a Souls-esque twist. Yeah. Oh, shit. You need to make me... I got to read the second because it mentions Limbo. Go ahead. Okay. So, I, you know, I was completely blown away by limbo seeing the promo so i have to read this comment well actually when playing limbo i forget that i'm playing a game because the gameplay is so shallow and insultingly easy fuck this goth teenager fetishization of suppression bullshit You better believe when I get that comment, I'm. That's the voice I hear it in my head. Okay, it's my turn now. Well, actually, as someone who has beaten the hard mode hack of Secret of Mana, where everything kills you in two hits or so, Secret of Mana is not a hard game. Beautiful. We're going to keep going, apparently. Keep going. Uh, Let's go. We got like seven of these. I'm swallowing the spit. And mind you, do not, if you have some hardcore D&D friends, do (laughs) not use this voice. They will kick you out so hard. I have a friend who's big into D&D. You should should tell that story. Yeah, You Uh, you were actually using that voice. Oh, yeah. So one of my, um, my friends, and you know, he is just your absolute stereotype of your D&D game gamer and you know i love the guy so i'm not i'm not gonna give you those stereotypes (laughs) they're mean and rude and he doesn't listen to this so i can get away with it anyways 
um, he did invite me to play D&D. And so I thought, hey, let's do it. I love video games. I love manga. I love anime. So let's do this. And it was so infuriatingly slow. And I realized <laughs> what, a, what a goddamn casual I am. <laughs> I am a filthy casual and that's okay because it's so slow and we had just can I say this a Nazi of a uh, a DM yeah yeah he was pretty bad um or good I don't know I I just get drunk and eat chips but (laughs) um yeah, I, I used that voice every time I rolled everything. And I swear to God, at some point, every single player said that I was going to go home. And I said, well, <laughs> what do I have to roll to go home? What kind of roll unless we call my mom? <laughs> I, I, I'm searching through their D&D with, with, with chip grease stained hands through their like $300 D&D game manuals. <laughs> it's pretty obnoxious. <laughs> if any of you are hardcore D&D gamers, I completely understand why you don't let casuals into your game. They're terrible. I'm terrified of joining any D&D it, game. It takes like 15 minutes to open a damn door. <laughs> and then I created this magnificent D&D character. He was a dwarf named Crumbles. He was beautiful. <laughs> he had a backstory. I, I, I gave him a personality. I gave him absolute passion. El pasión. El pasión, my friends. And they decided to use him when I wasn't there. Apparently I wasn't invited <laughs> to many other games after that, but they needed a dwarf and he died of a heart attack. RIP crumbles. They were not, he, Come on, boo. He, he never died because they were playing a farce. You cannot play crumbles without me. Yeah. And he'll be resurrected one day if I ever have the patience to play D&D and I have people who don't hate me. Hmm. One day. So let's get on with the next comment. Please, <laughs> please edit this. <laughs> I'm sure your fans really, really do understand how obnoxious this is. No, they... I, th- I think they're actually enjoying... You the can't D&D- speak for them. You don't know them. You don't know their lives. <laughs> The D&D folks out there, and they're out there. They're enjoying this. Okay, am I up? Okay, well, actually, yes, Mega Man X is pretty easy by comparison to other SNES games, and it is objectively easier than arguably any of the original Mega Man games on the NES. Wonderful. That's good to know. So, let's move on to our next comment. Well, actually, most people claim a game is hard because you haven't figured out the discipline required to learn it. Honestly, even Kagane isn't that difficult. And I was surprised to see it mentioned. Oh, the last boss is kind of irritating. No, that's a little bit uh, humbling. No, it's not. For, for, well, for a well actually No, comment. it's not. Hagane is the hardest freaking game on the Super Nintendo. I could get like maybe 12 people to say that Hagane is a the hardest game on the Super Nintendo. You can get poor. An army of people 
rise with me. No, don't don't do that. Don't rise. Just stay where you are. <laughs> they just, don't just, rise. They don't rise. They're gonna. Chill. I don't rise. People associate with me. Do not <laughs> please, rise. Please, please stay where you are. I don't. All right. Is my interview done? Is your filler? Hey, last resort. Let's get my girlfriend on because she plays a game every now and again. Let's get her on. Go back to playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Back to the TV with you. I'm just kidding. I, I All I need is if you can come together and ask him to buy me. And I know it's overpriced. I know it's five hours, but Resident Evil 3 with Carlos. I did point. want to say more useful things about Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I did not have them planned. Oh, okay. Well, you should have gave me better questions. I blame my interviewer. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have you on again after you finish the game. <laughs> if you finish the game, because Pearl has a bad habit of never finishing games Absolutely because bullshit. she doesn't want to have things end invalid invalid he thinks that because i leave a little bit of water in my water no glass. you said this yourself you you don't want this game to end but i end them mind you do you i do and so prove I, it okay so i do not play a new game without finishing my last game which is rare it's rare <coughs> evil within two <coughs> i finished it i finished the entire thing no you didn't i finished most I'm done with it. Are you? Yes. What was the one you didn't finish? You finished. Yeah, there's one you didn't finish. Oh, um, uh, what was? Or no, you got stuck on the mini game of Evil Within. 2. I did not. I just played it a lot. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. About. Okay. I would stay up for hours playing the game where you shot certain squares in color <laughs> ordered. It was very easy and satisfying. And I would stay up all night after maybe a dose of Dramamine. <laughs> and so now that's his whole complete that's, personification of me as a gamer. Is that's that, my narrative, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. That's how harshly I'm judged here. I, I hope... Well, I'm going to edit this favorably to my standards so just, I look good and you don't. Just make me funny. I know you can do it. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. You're funny on your own. Ah, he's just schmoozing. I'd like to invite your audience to suspend. You need to make a video. A day in the life of Clyde. <laughs> Is it Beatlesque? It's better. <laughs> He'll stare at you. He'll nap. When he naps, he looks adorable. He has the face of a Labrador and the personality of a Corgi. It's bizarre. Right now, he's staring at us. No, he's itching himself right he's now. He's itching. It's very creepy, unsettling even. But not not in the horror movie sense. It's not exciting. It's no, just, he's just very, very boring and unsettling. <laughs> That's what he does. I don't know. What else do you want from me? That's it. Am I done? You're done. I'm done. All right. Thanks for listening to this guy's channel. I mean... <laughs> I'm sure you're you're all very nice people. Thank you. They're not. How dare you? <laughs> Can't say that about them. I'm on the Google. I, I... the the Google like the, the actual Google. The Google. Really? I I've seen okay. it. I, I I've seen many gaming channels and their fan bases, and sometimes it's fairly terrible. 
I mean, I, I won't mention names, PewDiePie, Game Grumps. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think that you've got like a nice happening going on. Happening. Okay, well, on to the next guest then. Bye. Bye-bye. I don't know what to do. This is, I, this is still going. I still have time to fill. Hello? I don't know what I'm doing. This It's still happening. Hey. It's happening. It's Hello? going. And I still need things to, Alex, to talk about. Me? Alex, are you in there? Dude? Whoa. You in there? You all right? Uh, is that is that Trav? Sound like you're freaking out, man. Are you okay? <laughs> uh, you I don't know if this? I'm okay. I don't know. I heard some voices coming from in here. Are you talking to anybody? No, I'm just kind of <laughs> ranting. Yeah, well, that's not new. Uh, are you okay though? I mean, you did you did the one by yourself with Rob. You did okay. What's happening I, now? I think. Well, what happened now is that I didn't have any plan, and I just kind of oh, winged it. Wait, man, you got to get that Google Doc, dude. I've told you about the Google Doc. <laughs> the Google Doc is definitely helpful. Um, you can yeah, put words I, in I, it and then read those words. You don't even have to think <laughs> about anything. It's great. Yeah. Um, well, Pearl came in, and she helped me, but That's um, like she always does, but... Yeah, you know, Cooler kind of like warped in here somehow, and then he warped away. I felt the uh, cold breeze come through here. I was wondering if it was that Cooler. Yeah, it was that Cooler. Yeah, he's he's yeah, crafty man. like that. I'm not sure how he does that. But I hate he, I missed him. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 weird. Oh, I'm glad you're here because now we have a real podcast. Hey, it's, we're, now we're the pressure's the off. We're on the rails. You got a real podcast. The, the podcast here. veteran is here. Yeah, man. You well, you had Rob last time to get you help, get you through here. Get yes, help out, and uh, now I'm here. That was the plan. You know? Good, good. You'll never be without a good podcaster in your life. <laughs> Thank God. Thank thing. God, because that's a lot of pressure. I don't like sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> Well, speaking of you talking to yourself, I don't know if you realize this or not, but after your podcast with Rob, you sent me a message and you're like, "Hey, man, you mind? Um, you know, I'm I'm going to put this up for to publish. Uh, you could check it out if you got time. If not, no big deal." I was like, "Of course, I want to check it out. I want to see. You know, my I got half my name on this thing. I got to make sure he's <laughs> not sending out just hate speech." And then I got on there and uh, it starts out no music. I was like, "Okay, all right." So we dropped. Maybe we maybe we lost Cool or maybe the. Uh, Maybe the the Maybe he en- enigmatic out. cold breeze didn't make it to this one for some reason. <laughs> okay, trying something new, and then you talk for a little bit. Intro sounds okay. You know, you're you're do you're a little frazzled, but there's enough sense to be made in there. And then I get a little further into it, and uh, you know, there's there's no music off the top. There's just you talking, and then it's more of you talking, and then it's it's more of you talking. And then you set up something. You're like, hey, um, all right, we're coming up next. We got Rob. And then you just keep talking. And I was like, where's Rob? I thought he was supposed to be on here. I just don't know. Cooler. And it started to sound like a crazy man manifesto. I was like, what is happening? This guy's going completely off the rails. This is what happens when the robot deprograms. Yeah, I had a glitch. Yeah, I, I thankfully I messaged you and was like, "Hey man, everything okay?" And <laughs> turns out you just had sent me only your audio, which made yes. sense. But uh, yes, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> could you imagine if a, a few hundred people got a hold of that on the you know the next morning? It'd uh, be pretty funny. I'd have to. It admit, would be. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> a lot of confusion. <laughs> like 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of confusion. He was really but... drunk for that one. Jeez. <laughs> drunk friend and his friend is himself. That's right. <laughs> hey, it happens. But but no, that was good. That was a good episode with you and Rob and um and Thanks. then, you know, I had to follow it up the next week because you got busy. So we're finally back together. We're back on the horse, as they say. On the horse. And you've been on the horse with uh, Caleb and Musty Hobbit. And I'm familiar with Musty Hobbit. I appeared on one of his podcasts talking about Chrono Trigger yeah. back in the day. That was, mm-hmm. I think, a, last summer. And that was cool. Um, Caleb, I was not familiar with. So I was really interested to hear that he's part of a uh, booktube. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that, it's it's real interesting because he's part of like a different community that I'm not I, I did not know existed. And I was very interested to hear about that. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would say he was probably um, more formally uh, into that community. Yes. He's sort of he, he's broken away from it in, in favor of gaming, but he still does uh, review like all of the boss fight books and all that stuff. So he's still entrenched in it, but he really tries to bridge it over to gaming a lot more. But yeah, it's good stuff. Please check it out. Right on. Yeah, please. Please check it out. Please. (laughs) And then, you know, following you a little bit on Twitter here and there, you know, we've both been a little bit busy. I started noticing uh, this name pop up, this this Stoss, Stoss Drunk. What is is this? What is Stoss Drunk? Well, it's only the most oddly specific joke that's ever existed uh, in, uh, I don't know, YouTube history maybe? Maybe maybe human history? I'm not sure. (laughs) But this guy, this guy, okay, so it started with the video uh, called Don't Judge a Super Nintendo Game by Its Cover, and it posted in March 2018. Okay. And I made a one-off joke about the cover of the game Aerobiz for Super Nintendo. Was it Aerobiz Supersonic or just Aerobiz? I'm not sure. But there's a guy in the background of the cover that's like at some sort of console station like doing something i think he might be like an air traffic controller or something but he's wearing a suit and he's got very, very well quaffed quaffed is that the word I mean, hair it is it is a word oh yeah <laughs> and he is uh he's got a big mustache and he looks like john stossel so oh, i God, said he hey who's who's that in the background there is that john stossel and for whatever reason, that joke really got a lot of traction. Like, it got a lot of comments. It got a lot of laughs. I don't know why. I guess it's just one of those mystery science theater type references where it's like, he's one of those guys you never think about. I've never thought all- about him. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's 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 been he's existed for many many years. He was on Twenty Twenty back in the nineties, back when Barbara Walters and Hugh Downs were the hosts, mm-hmm. and he was always the annoying like give me a break guy or he would have his own little segment where he'd like go after some like industry or some store or something like that or or whatever and it was always like over the top and he was he was anytime he interviewed anybody he was always super like antagonistic like he always took the opposite side of what the other person was trying to explain and it was really frustrating to watch and it made you hate this guy yeah, man, he's and, like um, uh, he's like the mustache brother of of Geraldo. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, Geraldo is. Uh, I think he pioneered that technique. So, so <laughs> yeah. now Stossel is kind of fo- followed in his footsteps, and um, so this guy, I, I ended up making. You know, that joke made so much traction, and I was like so like taken aback by it i was like wow people really dig john stossel so i I just i dropped his name like in a couple other videos i don't even remember what they are 
uh, I just remember, you know, just making sure. I was like, oh, this seems like a good opportunity to mention good old John Stossel. Here comes this guy <laughs> who is like so like obsessed with this joke that he decides to make an entire YouTube channel called Stossdrunk. And uh, wow. he's a very nice guy. His name is Critical Android, and he has his own channel and his own, uh, you know, reviews and stuff like that. And I've been messaging him back and forth on Twitter. Um, by the way, the cover was Aerobiz Supersonic. I just, uh, I just saw it. But um, he uh, decides to message me saying <laughs> he he starts a Twitter account and he messaged me saying. I'm suddenly finding the need to clarify that I am not some obsessed John Stossel nut. I just find references to him so brilliantly comical because he's one of those perfectly perfect public figures that straddles the line between obscure and well-known to the point where he's exactly the kind of person Mystery Science Theater would reference, like Larry Zonka or Jack Klugman. And then he goes, I'm 34. I grew up watching shows that my peers weren't, like Get Smart, 2020, Dateline, you name it. Columbo. And yeah, maybe Colombo. I don't know. I can identify with this guy. I get it. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'll never forget St- watching Stossel as a kid thinking, oh, hey, what the heck is with this mustached madman? Is he pro-consumer, <laughs> anti-government, or just batshit crazy? Yes. And little did I know, he's all three. <laughs> so he he's always had kind of like a fascination with this guy to begin with. So he made this like comedic thing. It's both a Twitter account and a YouTube channel where it's John Stossel reviewing NES games and his latest one reviewing DuckTales. And the title of the video is, Is DuckTales Libertarian? Wow. <laughs> Just saying the title, I can't help it's but so laugh. Good. It's so it's good. It's so ridiculous. Uh, it's like, did you how watch did this the first happen? one? Is, uh, is Home Alone Libertarian? That was yes, first it's Home hit. Alone Libertarian. Yeah, that's, that's a shorter one. It's only three minutes. That one made me laugh, too. I think the DuckTales one was his coup de grace. I think that, <laughs> that really is his... Is Magna Car is uh what's the word? Swan I can't remember song, the word. or whatever, yeah. His... Yeah, his uh, Magnum Opus. That's what I'm there trying to say. There it is. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> it's it's his best work, it's his finest work to date. It's really it's like I I don't know if it's just me, but I laughed really hard when I saw it. And it's one of the most oddly specific things I've ever seen in anything ever. What did you think of it when you saw it? it well the the first thing I thought of was like you know you've made it not not made it like made it made it but like you know you're doing good work when you get a really quality parody of your work i think that that's like a good sign like they're not making fun of you it's it's like it's obviously done out of a a place of respect and just just to have fun like i feel like if someone did that to me they're like they're making fun of me that'd be the first thing i thought so in your case i think it's just really cool that that that's happening but it is very obscure it's incredibly obscure i'm I'm blown away by it i'm utterly blown away yeah, it's it's insane, and honestly, it's it's funny too. It's not like it's not just like weird. Like the a lot of the <laughs> tweets are like on point, well well written, specific John Stossel humor, which I did not think was a thing I would ever say. So yeah, that's, pretty that's cool. exactly right. That's a, that's a great observation because when I read his tweets, I read them in John Stossel's voice because yeah. he's got that like outlandish like give me a break like that kind of like <laughs> newscaster like i can't believe this you know like that professional yeah. i read all that stuff in his voice and it 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 just works like i don't know how this guy knows this that well i don't know if he's got like a huge stack of vhs tapes of 2020 <laughs> episodes and he's got like 
you know, he's bought like huge downs his old suits on auction or something or or what. But if he's just a huge 2020 fan, but he, the the guy's on point. He, yeah, he's my hats off to the guy. He's he's incre- incredibly funny. And, and again, you didn't know this guy before, right? He just kind of comes out of nowhere and is like, "Hey, man, I I made uh, you know, I'm working on this kind of parody angle, and are you cool with that?" Kind of. Yeah. He, he <laughs> like how he let me know. It's like I'm not some crazy person, which is exactly <laughs> what a crazy person would say. I say, <laughs> I say, lock your doors twice. I I don't know. Yeah, well, you never know. I'm willing to. I, I'm rolling the dice. I think, I think he's an okay guy. <laughs> if he shows up, I'm just gonna play Hugh Downs to his John Stossel. That's that's I mean, what'll happen. If he does show up in the middle of the night wearing his Stossel mustache and he's armed with a knife or something, you got to give him props for all the hard work he put into it. I mean, he parodized John Stossel on YouTube, Twitter, and somehow figured out where you live just to come do whatever a stalker does. I think. Really, at that point, you got to tip your hat. Just let him have it. I'm telling you, the next time, if if I ever go to a con or anything like that, I'm dressing as John Stossel. I think that's the way to go. There you go. I'm gonna go the suit. I'm gonna go the hair. I'm gonna go the mustache. It's it's just the it's. I think that's gonna be a big winner. I'm just gonna rant about yeah, libertarian ideals. I don't know what those are <laughs> specifically. I'm not educated enough to know. I'm I have an idea what they are, but I'm not smart enough to <laughs> knowledgeable enough to I, know that much. But that's yeah. bound to not alienate any of your base. I don't think <laughs> anybody that would go to a con to see you would be surprised. But they'd be like, that's just, you know, how he does when he's drunk. He starts spouting that, that Stossel nonsense. <laughs> Stossel nonsense. That's nonsense. <laughs> okay. On May 26th, as you're recovering from beer and hot dogs from your quarantined Memorial Day... My and Caleb J. Ross's new podcast, Tales of the Lesser Medium, that chronicles the first four Resident Evil games, hits your podcast feed. Please check it out. Yeah, it's honest to God, and I'm not saying this just to suck up. It's really funny because those guys kind of riff on the ridiculousness of those games on a surface level. You know, like they just kind of go after like what if this was real life what if (laughs) it's a mystery science theater kind of a treatment to the ridiculousness of the stories of those first four games and as a mystery science theater fan i truly appreciate their comedy their humor uh their observational skills and um just their wit it's very funny um it's you're you're gonna laugh when you when you listen to it so i think you should check it out um what else is there what's been going on with you yeah i've been busy yeah i uh i finished up some school stuff i i earned a phd which was pretty cool all right Um, hold on a second yep is that coming through a slow clap no, that's not a slow clap. That's not a slow clap. That'd be super insulting if I just started going. Could you imagine? I just finished like, my wow. PhD and you, you get one guy that's just like, way to go, buddy. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> what um, took you so long? Uh, that's so freaking cool, though. That is like such a hard thing. Like, not many people get to say that. So, congratulations. It's super cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, thankfully it's over. I guess yeah, I was going to say, you're, some time you're to... probably glad it's over. 
definitely glad it's over. Um, it, it is kind of funny, though, where my priorities are in life. Once I was done with it, I was like, oh, thank God I can finally get back to making more Nest friends. <laughs> it's That's been great. a month. Yeah, it had been a while, actually. I, I talked to you um, a little bit over the week and talking about some, some projects coming up, and you suggested some games. And I was like, yeah, I'll take tonight, maybe record some footage and relax and actually you know play my Nintendo for the first time. Hmm. And uh, I realized I'd unplugged everything because I'd been using the computer I used for that for other stuff. And so I went to plug everything back in. It's just this giant mess of wires I've not touched in a long time. Looks like the like a big spaghetti monster threw up all over the back of my TV, <laughs> and I realized I, I need to start labeling how things are plugged in on this stuff. Yeah, have, I've I've got that down. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. So it actually took longer for me to to get going again than it did for me to play the game I played. But dang, um, back in the saddle. Yeah, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. Um, because I, you were doing what I was doing, which was working way ahead. And yeah. um, getting stuff scheduled, whereas I have gone in the opposite direction, and I've got stuff. I don't have Tuesday or Thursday's video done. I, they're not written. I got to get those done. I'm not worried about it anymore. I used to think I would be like freak out if I got to that point. It's actually kind of strangely relaxing. But how how did you enjoy um, having stuff scheduled way in advance like that? Was it weird because you would forget? Like, oh, here's, it's this video. Yeah, actually, I kind of like that. I kind of like the surprise <laughs> of, uh, oh, it's Wednesday. What video did I make that's coming out? Like, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. People are going to be excited. That is a nice feeling, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, and I appreciate that. And I'm two weeks uh, away from the, from uh, like, I'm two weeks away from being behind, are I guess, nervous? so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you shouldn't it, be. Because I, I don't, uh, you know, with all the, all the other stuff I got going on, I'm, it takes me a long time to, you know, I, we talked about it in a video, I think, with Pam, like what, how long our process mm. is for each video, and I think mine was the the shortest of everyone's. But I I milk that for a week. Like, <laughs> that the two and a half three hours I put into a video is is just uh, chipping away here and there. So it, it'll take me a while to to get back ahead of the game. But I'm hoping to get some, you know, at, at the end of this graduation, and I got some some opportunities at work where I think things might slow down for a minute, just to take some time and and get ahead of the game again, man. I. I don't know how you uh, are operating on two videos a week, and they're, like, right in front of you. You're just staring them down. I mean, I don't even know. When do you come up with the idea for the video you're going to do? I mean, that's something I cook around in my head for maybe a week before I even play the game. I think I decided last week I was going to do Alien 3 and Aliens, the arcade game, for Tuesday and, and Thursday. I really find it really fun to know that, like, I can do whatever I want, and it doesn't matter. It's just video games. Right. Like it, yeah. this, I'm not coming up with a cure for cancer here. I'm just like, hey, I'm just. This is just what I feel like doing in this moment right now. So when I think back to May 2020, I'm gonna remember. Oh, that's when I was playing Aliens or Alien Three for Super Nintendo. So I, I really right, enjoy. Right. I'm. Re I I hear. I used to be super way advanced. I told you in Twitter. There was one instance where I wrote three. Um, I wrote and finished three videos in one day, and I was wrong. It was it. W I got the videos wrong. It was um, this was back in like 2015, I think. It was um, Death and Return of Superman on Super Nintendo, and again, that's a beat 'em up. It's really easy to get footage True. for. It's really easy to write for. It's like okay, here's how many lives you get. Here's the levels. Here's what happens. Blah blah blah. 
Then there was um, uh, Ninja. What is a game called? Ninja Five O, I think it's called for Game Boy Advance. It's one of those right. super expensive um, Game Boy Advance games. Again, it's an action platformer. Here's how many lives. Here's how many continues. Here's how many levels. Here's what you do. Here's what makes it good. Here's what makes it bad. Done. And then I did Little Mermaid <laughs> for NES. <laughs> and that game is as simple as games get. I mean, of course, it's sure. you know it's designed for kids. I still thought it was good, though, for what it was. And I thought it was interesting to a certain extent. So, and all three of those, I was able to do those in one day because it's just like, okay, bing, bang, boom, done. And were you, were you already at your twice a week model? At yeah, it was. Um, I've been at that since, uh, 20, I think fall of 2014. So, um, that's insane. The thing is though, is that, um, that opened a window for me. I looked and saw what I did after that. And it was the super Nintendo baseball games video. And that video was, I don't want to say it was torture, but it took a really, really, really long time. And uh, that's one of those yeah. where you pick it, you you write, you know, for you, you set aside an hour every Saturday, every Sunday for however many weeks or however many weekends and you get what you get done and then you just mo- kind of move on. Holy cow, that took weeks and weeks. And then finally, when it took time to sit down and edit everything it was like this is a freaking mess i don't know what i'm doing this i this, i'm getting games confused i'm saying the same things over and over about this about different games i'm reusing words i'm freaking out yeah so the reason i i liked being ahead is because i wanted to be able to do those bigger projects so i had mm. the time to freak out about those um i like little mermaid <laughs> for that reason yeah. um and I guess that's why I like Aliens. I like these arcade games because they're really simple. Um, and right, yeah. And they're still super fun. But how are you finding that with uh, the stuff that you've done? I know you've done yeah. D- Davy's Big Daydreamin' Thing or whatever it's called. <laughs> Daydreamin' Davy. Daydreamin' yeah. Davy. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I, uh, again, I, I really rely on the randomizer, but I'll I'll put things around. I'll push things around depending on how long I think it's going to take. And I've you know your model is is two videos a week and when you did three in one day that would have been three that would have been a month knocked out for me I yeah i had to worry about anything that would have been great you only bought yourself 10 days so i think that's interesting um yeah i i have moved to the point now where i think a week to week thing with my job and everything else that's going on is is maybe just too much so i've sort of structured it so that uh, any video that has a compilation of games. So if I do like a little franchise, like the yes. Bubble Bubbles or the the Goonies or whatever, yeah. Um, the I, Goonies I'm one that just the week. posted, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll skip a week before, so the week before those there won't be a video, and then that next week at least you're getting more games. And then uh, for single games, I, I can do that week to week. So that's sort of the how I'm trying to model it now, just because uh, you know it's I don't want to feel pressured to to. Do, I do enjoy it, but as soon as it starts to feel like a job, yeah, I'm it I'll starts to feel like work. Momentum. You're like, no, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I hear you on that for sure. And I'm also worried about getting too relaxed with it. Like, all right, well, <clears throat> I didn't do one this week, and oh, I, I let another week slip by, and then at some point, you know, a, a month's gone by, and I've not made a video, and then I don't want to get comfortable with that because I like this. So I, mm. I want to 
feel a little bit of pressure so that I keep it going, but I don't, definitely don't want to be overwhelmed. So finding that balance has been uh, kind of neat, but I, I'm pretty happy with, with sort of the structure I've, I've settled on. And you realize after, you know, I, I know you haven't really missed any weeks or delivery dates for, for your stuff, but um, in the yet. back of my head, no, not yet, which is incredible, <laughs> honestly. Uh, you know, you, you're really the only one that's going to be bothered by it. You know, I mean, a large s- subscriber base might, you know, for a day or two be like, what happened to the snare drunk? But um, I think in the end, you know, that next week is, is just as good, it, you know, once they see you back in the feed. Um, if you're away too long, that might be uh, disruptive. But, you know, like you said, it's just videos about video games. It's not uh, the, the yeah, biggest thing in the world. It's not hugely important. You got to I've learned that. <laughs> it's easy to put pressure on yourself to like get that stuff done on schedule. But at, you know, a- after a while, it's like, wait, what am I doing? You get, at least I get to that point where it's just like, this is stupid. Like, <laughs> why do I feel so <laughs> nervous about this? Like, this is dumb. You know, like this is supposed to be fun. Like, why do I play video games in the first place? Why did I start this channel in the first place? I keep going back to that. And it's just, just to have fun. It's just to, you know, shoot the shit and do all that sort of stuff and yeah i gotta ask though i mean with the way you've done this for so long and so many games has has the process of uh you know playing the game and and jotting down notes and reviewing it and and trying to get footage has that really affected the way that you're able to enjoy games that you're not really going to focus on uh in the video do you do you find yourself rushing through games more just because you're like, okay, well, this game isn't going to be anything that I feature on my channel. Uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's not my priority, so to speak. Like, does it affect you in that way at all? You know, to be honest with you, it's affected my uh, childhood nostalgia of certain games. I, I hate to hmm. say it, you know, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but um, when I go back to something like Star Fox, for example, I loved Star Fox as a kid. It was just, it, I felt like it was one of those games I felt like it was custom made for me as a kid. Um, it was just perfect. Like it had the big Star Wars soundtrack. It had, it was, you're in a fighter ship, you're shooting lasers at bad guys and they explode. It was just perfect for me. I loved it. When I play it now, my analytical hat, it's hard to take it off. I'm just like, well, the frame rate could be better. And, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, of course just, it could. Yeah, I, it's hard to do that. And Secret of Mana is another big one that I loved because my brother bought that game um, when I was a kid. It was the first game he bought with his own money. And I remember watching him play it. I remember, I remember sneaking out. Uh, to play my own game i couldn't save it i didn't dare save it because if he found my own save on his game he'd be super mad but um when he would go to a friend's house i would play it up till um i want to say gaia's navel till that like big oh, yeah. boss with the big neck in the under in the cave um i would yeah. play till that point up until you you're supposed to go into the witch's uh castle i think um I love Secret of Mana. I really do. And to hear people like complain about it incessantly like really hurts. Like it sucks. Like and when I play Secret of Mana now, like I can't help but notice like all the flaws with it. The hit detection, the uh the fact that you have to wait so long between attacks and all that stuff and the magic system's completely broken. I knew that when I was a kid. I was just like, "Wow, all you have to do is just press Y. <laughs> just keep pounding the Y button and wait till you're able to bring up a magic spell and just 
spam like crazy. Like I knew that when I was a kid. I took advantage of that, but it's I'm just saying it's hard to take off that like analytical thinking and go back to and in, to really enjoying these games the way you used to. That kind of sucks. But um yeah, it's what about you? Is that, are you feeling that's kind of the same way with you? Um I don't think I'm really as analytical as as you are um in some sense. Like I I don't think I've gotten into the groove of um picking apart every little thing that I need to talk about in the review. I sort of play the game and enjoy it for what it is mm. in those moments. And I try to do as many things as possible um, in terms of just to get footage, you know, like hang on the menu system for a little bit, try to get as many of the different pickups as possible just to show them off. Um, read through the manual if I have it. But I don't really analyze it until I kind of sit down and start writing about it and thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, there was that part I didn't really like. And then I might, you know, either look at the footage or look online to, to see you know what some other people that played it had done like maybe i was doing it wrong and i'm like yeah that really does suck that person was struggling with it too then that's sure. that kind of is something that i'll i'll focus on um so i think i'm still trying to come to terms with specifically how to review a game but I also I, I was telling a friend about this uh, telling a friend about this the other day we were talking about reviews and how you know they, they have a really hard time giving uh ones or tens they just sort of everything that they kind of rate they put sort of in the middle they're like yeah i usually will rate things between like a like a four and a seven all the yeah, time yeah and i was like i i feel like i'm kind of like that too like i i can find a, a charm in things that are considered bad i can find things i don't like about things that are considered good i feel like the point of my channel is not really to to say a thing is good or bad it's really just to show it off yeah like, hey look at this game yeah i yeah and there is definitely value in that absolutely and i found that out myself where i get tons of comments saying like uh, for example, Operation Logic Bomb, that game just dropped on Nintendo Switch, the online service. And mm -hmm. I got a bunch of comments, a bunch of views of people saying like, hey, this is what this game is. Thanks. Like they're not right. looking yeah. for like opinions or editorial or commentary or anything like that. They just want to see like, oh, here's here's what this game's all about. Thank you. And I think yeah, that's really value. I think that does have value for sure. And by the way, real quick, um, you've got... Uh, I noticed you're, you've got the first video on your channel has passed 1,000 views. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no. Right now, I'm looking at Renegade and Target Renegade. Yeah, yeah. As past ah, cool. 1,000 views on your channel. Congratulations. Thanks. That's and cool. Yeah. Why Why that video, I wonder? I don't know. I You know, for a long time, Batman was like 200 ahead of, of the rest <laughs> of them. And then I don't know if renegade target renegade got shared around reddit somehow i don't know that's did uh maybe maybe renegade the tv show came out on dvd or uh, put on netflix <laughs> or something and everybody's like whoa gotta see what this yeah, renegade maybe. show's about <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could have been i have no idea i i'm not that's really cool though why people watch my stuff but yeah that is cool awesome and bat yeah awesome. batman's at 884 that'll cross over a thousand soon and yeah. it's, it's always really exciting. I'm really happy to see that. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on becoming Thanks. a doctor, for God's sake. Jesus, Big you're week. smarter than all of us. Nah, I don't know about that. I, well, that's the thing about being a doctor. You're, you're smart in one very specific, that's narrow right, thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we um, are probably over time for our allotment with uh, Buzzsprout, to be honest with you. I think we should probably wrap this up. All right, yeah, true that. All right, cool. Um, well, that's been another episode. Next time, we'll hey, it'll be more more like the uh, what you're used to. We'll 
we'll get together, chat about uh, stuff, do some emails, and uh, maybe you won't be as frazzled over here by yourself starting out, you know? Oh, God. Thank God you're back. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't do another one of these by myself. It's just it's too much. I hear you, man. All right. Well, that does it for another Drunk Friend podcast. Be sure to check out polykill.com to find more podcasts like this one. And polykill.com, can... folks. Go over there right now. Right now. Stop That's what right. you're doing. Go Please. there. Please do it. There's more podcasts. Over. There's more of There's my a lot voice. more podcasts. There's so many more. A lot of them, okay. Most of them, decent. This <laughs> one's great. them, okay. <laughs> uh, reach out to us if you have any questions or anything you want to add, say, any feedback. Uh, drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. We're on Twitter as well. I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex is, of course, at SNES Drunk. Also, we want to give a shout out to Cooler for the podcast music, and he was—he—he he managed to warp himself into my microphone feed. I was ranting to myself on the microphone, and he just showed up. That, he's got those those kind of skills. Uh, the song you heard uh, is called "Electric Starbounce," and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. That's right. Go check it out, and be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.